video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when Hello. you want to watch Hello, my name is Justin LeClue, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we take you through all of this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. For a second, I was having, like, a brain fart. I'm like, what do we talk about? Is it books? Is it, like, cereal? Oh, no, wait, Blu-rays and DVDs. Right, that's the podcast that I do here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are these again? <laughs> books? Records? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you do too many podcasts yeah Where, where's your your book podcast is that getting off the ground oh, right now? i would love to do a book podcast the problem is that then people would have to read a book and no one wants to listen to someone talk about a book the thing about movies is like i feel like listeners can imagine themselves watching a movie like oh yeah i could watch that movie at some point books are more of a commitment that's the I thing feel. movies are very low commitment especially in our hectic world these days and you know i love reading reading was my first love but even me i read a book and i'm like uh i wish this was like a hundred pages like they get through it and it'd have so much more of an impact yeah i just it took me like three months to just finish reading like a 200 page book just because i've been working so much i'm like wow i literally have no time to read anymore i thought this paris hilton biography would be much more gripping i know geez (laughs) so this is actually a pretty uh thin week when it comes to new blu-ray releases we got a few like big big titles here and uh, we got more big titles coming up uh even though you know if you have seen the uh, youtube video i did film trap search it on youtube we'll talk about that uh, next week or maybe the week after that we'll see yes we are we are going to be having a big big massive episode coming up next you might just be a bit of a delay so cult wise we have a bunch of vinegar syndrome titles and i believe that they're all their uh archive collection which is their hard box a little bit more pricey collection <laughs> a little bit pricier although honestly not that much i mean their stuff usually retails for us around like 28.95 and these go for like 32.95 and you get like that hard case like vhs sort of thing it comes with i wonder like what the decision is which ones go to the archive collection and which ones go to the regular because i you... think their archive collection is more obscure titles i'll put it that way (laughs) much more obscure but i mean even their regular stuff is usually pretty obscure like they're releasing the um mexican horror film graveyard something i don't remember what it's called from the director of uh don't panic which is a great mexican horror film and that's on their main line but then you get frank stallone a big star going directly (laughs) to the archive collection (laughs) i know and they really make a big deal about these as like this is their vsa collection that's only available at like exclusive stores and we were we were really lucky to be able to get this we have a good contact of vinegar syndrome who allowed us to basically like bring all these in when really you can't get them anywhere else other than on their website or like a few stores in the u.s um and then, you know what? They sell well for us, even though they might not be movies that people really know about. I think they put so much care and love into the packaging of them and everything that they just kind of like they really like bounce off the shelf at you. Oh, well, I uh, have seen and own L.A. Wars and Hell Riders, And L.A. Wars is a great indie film that was made in the 90s It's an action film by like a one-time director who i believe he was an assistant producer on a bunch of pm entertainment films which were like a 90s action production studio and he brought in all the crew to make this picture oh it's so much fun just packed with action explosions a great like deadly prey style lead in the main role oh beautiful yeah i think i'm gonna pick this one up i just like i had never heard of this before we ordered it in but just one look at the cover alone i was like sold sold and there's like tons of special features too i think that it, i can it seems like they're t- 
taking a step away from commentary tracks and i'm like no yeah. why and they're doing more like interviews with people that you can find on the discs so there's like a lot of that on here like the director is interviewed and the uh star is interviewed so you get all the you know points that you want to hit um and Hellriders is notable because it's directed by James Bryan, who was Renee Harmon's um, creative partner. I don't know if you've ever seen their films, uh, Mark, as a trash uh, connoisseur. Frozen Scream, oh, uh, Jungle right. Trap, which was released by Bleeding Skull. Um, is it Lady Street Fighter right. is one of theirs as, right, as no, well. No, I haven't actually and seen Run these. Coyote Run. Oh, she's like the female Tommy Wiseau because she has like a very thick accent and she's famously taught an acting class and wrote like 30 books on acting, which is really I'm funny. I'm just looking her up on online right now and I do definitely know her. I just haven't seen any of these. This is a road I need to go down though, for oh, sure. Oh, you definitely. It's weird she doesn't have more of a cult because she has been fairly well represented. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome released two of the films because she didn't direct she produced and wrote and starred in uh exterminator no is it exterminator 2 yeah i think it's it not is a, it's exterminator yeah. or no the executioner part executioner two, two yeah, right yeah. there's no executioner one <laughs> right. it's a sequel to a movie that doesn't exist <laughs> and it, it's to confuse people with the james glickenhouse one and she like all the other ones i mentioned are all released by like bleeding skull uh, agfa did lady street fighter as well so for people that are like trash people i would definitely recommend checking those out because it's such a amazing perspective and james bryan directed a wild slasher called don't go in the woods right. dot, 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 alone yeah. exclamation point and if people haven't seen that film you got to check it out it's essentially it's like a slasher film i think it even came out before friday the 13th or around then on speed like the camera's <laughs> going all over the place it keeps cutting to random people who are like making a painting and then they get stabbed by the killer out of nowhere <laughs> it's just demented i watched it just a few months ago and I, I was blown away i'm like this one is so much fun pretty sure we have that unless we're sold out right now we definitely usually carry that one at the store and this one is a little bit of a lesser known one even though that it's i think one of the more bigger budget films both of them did james bryan directs renee Harmon co-stars in it i think she may have wrote it has some really fun c-listers in it adam west has a very sizable part in it and it's about bikers coming to town and taking the town over so you know everybody loves that surprisingly this has been the weakest selling one out of these three so maybe people just don't know about it maybe it just looks like a bit generic with the title or something but i don't know people should get on this they should have put adam west uh name on the cover in big letters and supposedly he was just happy to be there according to the director very polite he's like i just like working of course he was <laughs> and dr jekyll's dungeon of death is one that i was like mm, i don't know about this because there's no special features on it and supposedly it's because nobody knows who the director is like it's one of those like weird mysterious films that is half kind of like torture film like late period jess franco half like Jean-Claude Van Damme tournament film as well that like takes place <laughs> in like this weird mansion so yeah it's definitely the kind of weird pictures and I'm like mm, I'm glad Vinegar Syndrome could give this the love that it deserves well this is the best-selling one of the three surprisingly enough and Why? I don't know <laughs> I feel like maybe because people think it's like a hammer film or something or just has like that kind of like old gothic feel to, i mean dr jekyll right but um i feel like maybe that has something to do with it but who knows well i mean when i heard that it was also a tournament fighting film like that's too weird i gotta check this out so that's how they got me i reached a point that i looked and i'm like i almost own all of these vinger uh, archive releases except for the ones that are out of print like vice academy <laughs> i know which we tried to get we had like we sold a ton of those when we first got them and we when i was placing the new order i was able to get some of their back catalog but we had so many people asking 
asking about Vice Academy all of a sudden. But I'm like, I don't like Vice Academy. Like, I've I seen know. some of those yeah. films. They suck. People, they really resonate with people. But I don't know. The word direct from Vinegar Syndrome is they're not producing that anymore. So... Well, I'm a sick man because I've reached the point that I almost have all of a whole collection of movies. And I'm going to skip on this list. And that's the MVD Rewind Collection. <laughs> I almost have them oh, all, all yeah. 24 of them. I was looking at them like, I'm missing DOA, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and I think a few other ones. I have the two children's comedies they made. Beautiful. Uh, what, Double Double Dragon? and? Uh... Oh, I have Double Dragon. Oh, definitely. That was a day one for me. No, it's Savannah Smiles and Wind Riders, which is the Nicole Kidman one. <laughs> which nobody bought from us. <laughs> well, I believe MVD is, and I think we've said this before, it's just like an arm of Imperial Entertainment, which was a production company and a distributor. So that's all the movies that they're putting out is the ones that Imperial picked up. And I mean, this week they released three films and one of them is uh, very highly anticipated, which is the um, Rutger Hauer Blade Runner ripoff Split Second. Yeah, I've never actually seen this film, but always wanted to. Does it does it hold uh, up? I mean, Rutger Hauer's fun in it. What's great about it is a weird mixing of you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs, because there's like a crazy, super smart serial killer, but he's also like an eight foot monster. <laughs> and <laughs> it takes place like in London, where uh, everything is flooded. So like there's water usually up to everybody's knees. And like the guy is like <laughs> ripping out hearts. He's also in that classic virtuosity style, a serial killer who oh, like takes it. the DNA of everybody he's killed. Yeah, it doesn't play yeah. into anything. And it was directed by the guy who did The Burning, but he was fired midway through shooting and somebody else replaced him to like beef up the action, I think. So yeah, it's weird. I remember the first yeah, time- people really have a fondness for this. I remember the first time I saw it, I was disappointed, but uh, rewatching the MVD version, I was like, oh no, I like this more. Now that my expectations are in check, it's very goofy, which I didn't expect the first time. And like uh, Rooker Hauer, and he has like a sidekick or like hamming it up. And it's like mixed in with all this like horrifying violence. So, you know. Once I know that it wasn't going to be like a big action spectacle, I could enjoy it more. And this is long time coming to a special edition Blu-ray and MVD like it's loaded. Everybody's interviewed. Yeah, no, this has been always a popular video store title honestly it's always rented so well for us and people have been asking about when this is coming out on blu-ray for years now. i think it's because everyone vividly remembers the vhs box because i remember it as a kid because it was rooker hauer and i think he had like little cool sunglasses on that he wears in the movie and the big monster behind him and like yeah, that like was hulking the, over him. yeah the yeah. key art and i remember always walking by the vhs and being like what is this i mean we just said everything's packed with special features but mvd is also putting out blood fight and ironheart in a two set and uh no special features but i remember the guy who's in charge of this actually went on facebook and was like do you guys would you be okay with this like i don't have it in the budget to do special features would you still be interested it's like he literally reached out and said like uh anybody would would you buy this and it's super cheap it's not too bad like our mbd yeah it's cheaper than split second i think this one retails for about 20 bucks if i'm not mistaken blu-ray split second is 26.95 around there um but yeah so they definitely know you know there's not as many features on it but like all you bolo young fans out there i mean like he doesn't say, technically star in no, iron heart i, I actually haven't seen either yeah of these films, uh, they make so. it seem like he does uh the you know what's weird the only mvd the other whole 
holes in my collection are Nemesis and Nemesis 234. And the reason they're holes in my collection is because I have a German box set that has them all. I remember when you got all those special features. But I'm like, now there's a hole and I'm so close. (laughs) And the Nemesis one is super expensive, too. It's like $50. Wow. <laughs> well, if you if you ever want to fill those holes, we definitely carry that. Those sell very well for us. Yeah. Uh, and finally, MVD. I, it's weird that they dropped them all on the same day. I wonder if they were like building up. Uh, they have a third one. It's uh, I'm going to say it wrong because I always want to say Mickey. It's Mikey. And it says Wings Blind by. Yeah, we went down the evil child road this week for the early 90s evil child movie are you a evil child fan mark oh i i do like evil child movies not quite as much as haunted doll movies but or mirror films up there or mirror films but i'm a big fan especially like you know films like um the good son was always a favorite of mine growing up i've never seen the good son i saw all the ads that played all the time on like those pay-per-view channels like good son the ad would play all the time and i would just watch that it's a lot of fun maybe maybe it was just like the shock of seeing macaulay culkin as like an evil kid but i don't know he plays it pretty well um but i think yeah i think there's a lot to go with there and i i like even some of the more serious intellectual takes like there's a great film from about 2006 or 7 called joshua was like sam rockwell and vera farmiga which is an excellent evil child movie which actually plays it kind of a little bit more like a realistic drama that's like very like polanski-esque almost so i know i know i know but it's really great i would highly recommend joshua if you haven't seen it uh what is that um the kevin one that came out by uh uh we need to talk about kevin yeah i like that film a lot yeah I, I, yeah that one's pretty good yeah. you know john c Riley. i expected more laughs I know. But yeah, what are you geez, gonna do so, such, a, <laughs> such a bummer in that movie <laughs> and uh mikey is you know doesn't have many fans i remember looking at it afterwards and being like oh okay i guess people don't like it that much but you know what you said it was generic and i knew it wasn't gonna be good and when i watched it i actually had more fun with it than i thought i was going to and i'll tell you why right off the bat the kid kills a whole family oh on screen. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah. The opening is amazing for sure. Like the opening 10 minutes, this kid, like this kid, they just established him as a psychopath right off the bat. Like there's no question like, oh, here. I get it. He's going to like kill his uh, sister and he'll make it look like a drowning. Yeah. But then he kills his mother by dropping a... Um, dryer in the bathtub and this is like mikey's go-to oh, move yeah. he loves dropping electrical yeah, he appliances does it twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> and I, the second and, time i was like no there's no way he's gonna do it again and he does it again yeah technically it comes up three times because he like threatens it and then after those you're like okay i guess this is it they make it look like accidents nope because then he beats his father or his stepdad with a baseball bat on screen. His dad, like, goes through a glass window, too. It's like, oh. Yeah. Well, I love how the dad comes home, too, right? And, and you think, like, the dad's like, oh, my God, what happened? You th- and the kid's like, I don't know. And he's crying. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. He's just going to, like, frame this somehow. Nope, just kills the dad right away. And unfortunately, after that, it, it would have been great if it was, like, the kid murdering people, like, yeah. every 10 minutes in, like, a really goofy way. And instead, you got to wait a long time. But I think what I enjoyed about it is that you know the kid is psycho. 
So it's like you're watching how he's reacting to things, and it's not like, is he going to break? Is he really evil? It's like, oh, no, we know right from the get-go. Oh, yeah. And we're seeing all these things. And then eventually, when it gets to the climactic murders, they are so over the top. They're pretty good. He's like a psycho. Like, he thought all of this out, (laughs) too, when he, like, places their bodies. Well, he has, like, punchlines and catchphrases, too, when he's, like, killing people. He's very much – I mean – I think the tagline on it is like even Freddie and Jason were young once or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And you can really tell they were going for like they were trying to make him almost like the slasher movie villain with these like witty quips and everything when he's going to kill somebody. Um, I mean, it got a little frustrating with to me just how dumb. I mean, usually the adults are dumb in these movies, but holy shit, like it is so obvious that he one adult <laughs> is like. Uh, he's like a psychopath. And the mom's like, no, he's just my Mikey. There's nothing wrong with him. And there's a great scene that I can't even think of another killer kid movie where he just like stabs his mom or what? Or no, I think it's a hammer, right? He hits it's her with a hammer. A hammer. Yeah, yeah. And then she runs away and she's like, oh, oh. And then he just comes back and he's like, hitting yeah, her these again. Adu- it's like these adults, even after this kid is like clearly trying to kill them, these adults are still like, no, Mikey, come on now. It's not like, don't do that. You know, they like don't want to like retaliate you against You would almost him. imagine that like that's how an adult would react I to a kid. So. Like, the kid's not going to hurt me. Yeah. Like if he did one thing, he'll probably regret it right after. Yeah. He's like, nope, he's coming after them. It's also like weirdly sleazy. Yeah. Like, he catches his mom in the bath at one point. Yeah, there's definitely. <laughs> Definitely a lot of um, it, 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 there's definitely a lot of uh, moments that remind me of something like the pit or something in terms of like the kid's sexual attraction or he's basically like sexually harassing like all the women in this movie, um, including Ashley Lawrence uh, from obviously from Hellraiser who plays a teacher of his who even oh that's who it was yeah. I was like she looks recognizable even she can't escape the wrath of Mikey though even though she's doing all the investigating and everything and then like even she can't like pull it together at the end you know what it has an ending that usually frustrates me where I'm like yeah. oh, that's not what I want I want a car but because I had so much fun just hanging out with Mikey just seeing the stuff he was doing to these dumb adults yeah like just brought a smile oh, on my true. face and I was watching, I didn't watch all the documentary, but it was like a 25-year-old director who took on this job. And he's like, I didn't know what I was doing. They hired me after a short film. <laughs> yeah. And it only, it's only near the end that he gets to like let loose with like POV shots, oh, and like yeah. a slingshot, like flying towards someone. And it's like way more graphic than I thought it was going to be. Like people's throats are slit. Oh, yeah. You see like uh, the glass in their throat. Um, yeah. It's, had, it's got some solid kills for sure. And, and the kid... And Mikey himself is played by uh, Brian Bonsall, who, uh, if you grew up in the 90s, was the lead in Blank Check, a very fun uh, Disney oh, movie. Oh, he was the lead He's in Blank, Blank Check. Che- I watched Blank Check I know, all the time. It's one of my favorite movies um, as a kid. He's in the documentary. He's interviewed. Uh, that's on this disc. Oh, okay. It's a 90-minute documentary on the oh, making yeah, of the movie. Oh, yeah, I saw the features on its path. And um, he, he's all tatted up now. Like, he has a whole, like... You know why? Because he no. got into music, and he got into punk music, or, like, pop oh. punk, and he actually joined apparently i was just reading about it on wikipedia he joined the band the ataris who were like really big in what like the turn of the millennium he joined them later on after they were kind of like not so big anymore as like a second guitarist or something but no he had a bunch of bands like he's ditched acting and just went into like pop punk music so uh after all of that talk uh it is a generic movie but i had more fun with it than i thought i was gonna have so 
it was a blind buy for me. And yeah, I would recommend it. If you want a killer kid movie where the kid's killing people, feels kind of sleazy like the pit. I mean, this is the movie yeah, for you. Yeah, no, I would say it's fine. I definitely, yeah. Like, I, I do think it goes through the motions sometimes and it does reach a point where you're just like, kind of like, okay, when is he just going to kill all these stupid adults? Yes. But you're right. When the climax finally hits, it's like- He kills he like kills 10 like people, so many people at the other. end. And it's like, and none of them can do anything. It's like none of them can do anything about it. Like, no, Mikey is just invincible. Because I saw a movie to, um, what was it called? It was that, oh, you better watch out, mm. which is essentially Mikey. Yeah. And has the same ending. And I did not like that movie. I hate movie. better watch out. Yeah. I guess this one just has like a different tonal feel. Yeah. That movie really pissed me off. The ending of it. I was like, Ooh, don't like it. Yeah, it just has such like a. It's so smug. Hip, I yeah, it's got such a smug tone, and I just feel like, honestly, it just feels like it just feels kind of sexist to me too. The way they like portray yes, the did. female character in that, but I don't know. People really like that movie. Yeah. Oh, what a twist at the end! It's like, ugh, no, don't. I, I didn't watch it for the longest time because of that. When I finally saw it, I was like, I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it so yeah, much. it's bad. It's bad. Mikey is a lot more fun. A lot more fun. Mm -hmm. I like to now imagine that Mikey is a prequel to Blank Check, <laughs> yeah. and that like is the same like psychopath. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I didn't even recognize it either. Like it was only after watching and looking the kid up that I was like, oh no way, that's Blank Check kid. <laughs> I had no idea. He just looked like any generic like early 90s kid like blonde haired kid you know oh there's an amazing scene in the movie too i think it's my the standout moment where like he's looking at like a full-grown skeleton yeah and they're like they're, he's like how old is the skeleton and the guy's like oh you know probably your age and it's like it's a full-grown skeleton and <laughs> it plays a plot like, point later in the movie i know <laughs> It's insane. They do have some interesting things that they set up. Like there's that whole trick that Mikey has where he oh, like yeah, you holds know that's a, coming back. a marble and it's like it makes it appear like you don't have a pulse or something in Play Dead. Um, I also want to say that a another actor in this who is a kid the same age as Mikey that he befriends uh, is that hilarious kid from Jurassic Park who says, kind of like a giant turkey, eh? Oh, that's who it was. <laughs> that's that yeah, kid. Like, yeah. I'm going to slit you from <laughs> yeah. the top to the bottom. He doesn't get killed. I wish Mikey killed no, more I kids. <laughs> me too, me too. I thought he was going to kill a kid. I mean, other than his like sister at the beginning. But it never happens, unfortunately. So, you know. That's something I always have a problem with, kids killing uh, adult films, is you got to yeah. kill some kids. You got to like, kill some kids, you know? The closest he gets is, like, the kind of, like, sort of teenage 20-something boyfriend of... I mean, someone gets electrocuted in this movie in a pool, and suddenly their body looks like they fell in, like, nuclear oh, I know, waste. Right? It's all, like, burnt. <laughs> it's like that scene in Dante's Peak where they're all, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh, all right, so... Anyway, oh, so, I, yeah, say, I think that's a committed blind buy, then, from both of us. I was thinking, there's a trauma film. I think it's, like, uh, Children at Play or something like that. It's, like, the cover is, like, a warning sign. It's not that. It's something close to that. That just ends with, like, a hundred kids being killed like really goofy ways like being shot in the head and like they explode and stuff like that that's so good. yeah that's the one where i think the kids are nuclear and if they hug you you melt oh that's amazing it's, i think it's warning children at play is the name of the movie and moving on cult stuff we have the phantom of the opera the hammer horror yeah. one all right moving on yeah we have nothing to say about that yeah it's selling well, though, so... Uh, we also have Neo Ultra Q. This is only interesting because this is an Ultraman title, 
but Ultraman's not in the series. It's a re- it's a continuation or remake of the uh, show that preceded Ultraman, Ultra Q, which is kind of like the X Files, but with like giant monsters in it. So like the heroes aren't the protagonists aren't superheroes. They're just normal people, and they kind of run and you know find monsters and stuff like that. And then we have Saw, the eight film collection, which I got really excited for. But then I read online, no special features. So no, no thank you. It's literally just all eight of the. They're just gearing up for like the new Saw to come out. So I don't know. Which it's can all only those. disappoint it's me. It's only going to disappoint. But I'll still see it anyway. Oh, <laughs> God. I was so excited for the Speard Brothers movies. Yeah. Uh, Saw movie. Maybe they're just not good. They're <laughs> like, I think at this point, honestly, man, they're kind of hit or miss for me. Like, I the only film of theirs I really kind of liked was I think Predestination. I would, like, oh, I like Predestination. I, I also like really good, the Ethan but... Hawke vampire movie. Yeah, I thought and it was okay. That I one, have a nostalgic yeah. feel for uh, Undead, which they made the zombie movie yeah, as well. I guess I'm just not a big zombie guy, so it didn't really do much for me. But I guess, um, yeah, yeah, Predestination's a lot of fun too, especially I love if you that, like though, try yeah. to think about it because it's based on the i don't remember who wrote it it was called all you zombies was it a robert a, a. heinlein uh, novel? i think you're uh, right i think it's a heinlein book yeah or a short story it's just a short, a short story. story yeah all right and we have also brutal massacre a comedy i remember when this was coming out and like anchor bay was pushing it like yeah. 10 years ago <laughs> brian uh, o'halloran he's back yeah i know right <laughs> I don't know. So this guy, Stephen Mina, I think is his name, made this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's his own distribution label, too. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's like, the, it's like the SRS thing, right? Um, because he also made the Malevolence movies, which there was oh. three of them, and they were kind of big. Oh, I, think I bought Michael those from Bay Street Video, in, yeah. and then I proceeded to sell them off, because they are not good. I do not like no. them. <laughs> yeah, but they I know they have a bit of a cult following, but he's released those on his own like kind of label now. I think MVD is the one that distributes it, but it's still like labeled Mina Films. So, you know what? Um... I laughed, and the next Justin DeClue production coming to Gold Ninja Video. There you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm glad he can still get them out there and into stores, even though he's distributing them himself. So we also have uh, a few classic stuffs, like the big Criterion box set, the complete films of Agnes Varda. Oh, yeah, it drops this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This well, is a week. big one. Well, last <laughs> week, you know. We still have tons, though, so don't, you know, we're not sold out or anything. Yeah, um, well, you're sold out of the other box set that yeah, everybody Yeah, we're sold wanted. out of other things, but, <laughs> uh, but no, we've sold a lot of these. I mean, this was a long time coming. Obviously, Agnes Varda has been getting more and more popular by the year, even since she passed. And um, people are just clamoring to see more of her stuff. So now you can finally buy a set that has, I think, every single film she's I ever made. I think every right? film she's yeah. ever made. She doesn't need to just be the adorkable grandma no. of art cinema. Now, actually, take her as a person. You can watch all of her movies. Exactly. And there's like shorts, there's features, documentaries, TV movies and stuff films. like that yeah, as well. TV movies, stuff in French and English. Like, it's all over. It's such an expansive collection. It's really wonderful. Um, and it's obviously given the love that Criterion usually does. I wonder does. prompted criterion to do box sets yeah recently. they are really getting into that obviously we talked about there's the fellini set that they're going to be releasing in the they're fall they're gonna do a long car why one they've yeah, been threatening forever you know yeah. they did the bruce lee one recently the bergman one the godzilla one they're really stepping up their game with these box sets i think they just see there's money in it like we sell tons of them people love people love box sets i think you know it's like something that looks really nice on the shelf it's like a complete set of like all your favorite director's films or whatever. You know what's funny is that that is actually more of a French idea. Like if you look at like French literature, you can 
everything made by one person in like one collection. Like I always see that because like I walk around the French section at the uh, university, uh, York University. No, I don't go there anymore, but I'm an alumni, so I can still take books out. <laughs> yeah, I'm an alumni as well. I've, I haven't been back there in like 10 years, though. <laughs> great, great uh, library. And yeah. I take books nobody else has touched in years. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'll take a book out. Then a few years later, I'll go back. My bookmark will still be That's in it because... <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I see like the complete collection, everything anybody's ever written, which I think is like a very French idea that in, I guess, English circles, you don't really see that that much, like the complete everything of this person. But maybe they're seeing because it's such a boutique market now. And instead of selling like, you know, gross, you just sell something high value that, you know, people would, wouldn't. No one who's buying the Agnes Varda box set would have bought all of her movies. So. Exactly, right? And, you know, that's the thing. It's like people aren't as excited about buying just like a single movie of something that's like commonplace. They want something that's like a collector said. They want something that's unique, something, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hmm, where do I start? And with this set... And with this set, too, they've done it kind of like how they did with the Bergman set. They're not, like, put together in, like, chronological order. They've ordered them in a way that they they've put it together as almost like a film festival thing where they've grouped certain ones together on discs, regardless of when they were made and everything. So they kind of group it together like a program, I think is what they call it. So Yeah, I was flipping through the one that I um, procured, and it makes sense. Like, it's, like, all her documentaries about her own films, all the ones about her husband – uh, you know, I, musical ones, I guess. I don't remember the exact, but it yeah, kind of exactly. falls almost in chronological yeah. order. Like, it's not super all over the place that you're no. like, this makes no sense. I don't know how to follow this. So, Aquino is also putting out a big French title that everybody's been waiting for. Yeah. It's Diva, it's 1981's Diva. Diva. The beginner of the cinema du look that would give us the world Leo Carax and um, I guess Luc Besson as well. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, yeah, Jean-Jacques Benix. Benix, is that yeah, but that's Benix? Yeah, he's a director that like didn't really do any other big films after no, that. You never well, really Betty hear Blue, his name spoken Betty Blue much. was pretty big. So I think between this and Betty Blue are kind of Yeah, but of Betty Blue, I remember looking, it just came out a few years after Diva and that was pretty much it yeah, for him. Yeah, he didn't really, I think we have a few more obscure ones that he did later on, but they don't really move that much. But I mean, Diva is the one that everybody knows and loves and it is fantastic i've always loved this movie um it's one of those like thrillers that just like legitimately thrills you when you for at least when i first watched it i was like <laughs> put it on the poster mark hansen a thriller that thrills you <laughs> thrills you know i love quotes like that it's a good movie <laughs> um but yeah no i think it was one of those things when i first watched it i was kind of expecting more of just like a bougie French art movie kind of thing. And it definitely has like a lot of artistry to it, but it is like a crackerjack thriller at the end of the day. And it's got some really awesome sequences, action sequences that really move. And the things he does with the camera, the colors, um, the music, the sound, it's all really fantastic. So it's been a long time coming for this on Blu-ray. It's been, uh, you know, it's only been available on DVD forever, so I, I don't know what the holdup was, but I think it's part of the whole Studio Canal acquisition that Kino 
procured lately. Oh, I'm sure uh, Luc Besson's ripoff Subway is going to be coming out soon from Kino. Oh, I'm sure it'll happen, yeah. And I believe there are actually some special features on this disc, uh, too. It's not Diva just like a bare bones a affair. a million special features. It has, like, if you look at the back, you're like, whoa. So they definitely ported a bunch of stuff from a French, I would assume, Blu-ray or DVD. Because it doesn't say new on them. It just says, like, interview with these people, like, all the actors. Director does scene-specific commentary. There's also a new feature length commentary by a critic, an English language critic. Yeah, it's one of the most loaded Kino releases I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I know the DVD that was that's previously available was a special edition. It did already have a bunch of features, so I oh, believe so they, they probably, ported, probably that, yeah. ported those over. But still, very cool to have it in high def now, though, just because of the way this film looks and sounds. And we also have Caravans, a 1978 Western directed by James Fargo, starring Anthony Quinn. Mm-hmm. No one can see me shrugging. Yeah, never really heard of this film. Yeah, I don't know. Anthony um, Quinn completed. people like this. Yeah, I don't know. We've sold a couple of them, I guess. So Yeah, there's... those Western heads that come in and have to buy whatever Western is released. Yeah, looks like a generic Kino Western title. And, though. oh, thank God. Another release of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, well, now that Fox has been Probably bought up by last. Disney, you know, Disney... Disney has to rebrand all these classic Fox titles. Well, not all these classic Fox titles because they haven't really been doing that much. But here we go. There was a 40th anniversary edition of Rocky Horror five years ago, and now there's a 45th. So, there will definitely know. be a 50th anniversary yeah, as well. And there are definitely no new special features. It's literally like the same stuff. I think they've just put a new slipcover <laughs> over it. <that laughs> like the Mill Creek VHS Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We also have finally... Noah Efron's Michael is coming to DVD. <laughs> Wait, is it coming to Blu-ray? I'm sure in a loaded special edition from Warner Archive, right? Yeah, from Warner Archive. You know, Warner Archive's got to dip their toes into the 90s, uh, you know, 90s studio comedy. Uh... I remember watching this on TBS. This is about like John Travolta's an angel. It is, yeah. And all, all I remember from it is at one point he goes, I invented lines. <laughs> Yeah, he. Uh, this movie is terrible. You know what? I actually watched this again recently because <laughs> I knew this was coming out. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give Michael a spin. Uh, oh, and I was joking. There are no special features. Are, of no, course yeah. not. This is a bare bones. It's probably $40. Yeah, but it's in widescreen. You know, the DVD that I watched earlier was a old school full screen DVD. So I think if you've ever... I don't think they've ever actually had this out in widescreen on DVD. So uh, if you're that much of a fan, you know to listening to the Warner Archives podcast when they have to, like, sell Michael. Because they have to sell every new thing that they do. This movie is absolutely terrible, though. I mean, it got terrible reviews when it came out. But I think it was actually a decent hit at the box office. Like, I think this made money. Uh, it, that cover of him oh just, like, God. looking. No one can see me doing it, but I'm like... <laughs> you know, but it's so similar to Phenomenon, which came out the same it year. Exactly it came like out it. the same Wait, year. Isn't and Phenomena the, him with his like hand out? Because like he has like special powers in that. I think he gets like struck by lightning in that or something. You get home and you put it in. You're like, wait, Val Kilmer's the same. <laughs> I know, It's because right? they all had the same cover. <laughs> exactly. That is really a joke for 90s kids who remember oh, all yeah. the covers of those the movies. Saint, I was a big fan of The Saint growing up. <laughs> you were? I was. You're a Philip Noyce completist. I know, I, I am, I am. But uh, uh, yeah. if you didn't direct that, I apologize. He did direct that. No, you're right. You're ah, right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Michael. When are we gonna get is, the special uh, edition? That feels like one that like Shout Factory is gonna put out. Yeah, the Saint. The Saint. I just think that's gonna come out as like a bare bones Paramount release at some point. Shout honestly. Select. Yeah, is it a Paramount it's title? It's a Paramount title. So. Oh, then it's definitely you know gonna be what? a bare bones Paramount title. It might even be out on title. Blu-ray already, and we just don't know it. <laughs> 
So moving on to new stuff, we got Shirley, uh, which is a kind of artistic biopic of Shirley Jackson, starring Mark's nemesis, Elizabeth Moss. My nemesis? I like Elizabeth Moss. I think uh, your exact quote is, she's in too many movies. I said that? Did I say that? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of somebody think else. Me, because I genuinely like Elizabeth Moss. Apart from I love the whole Elizabeth Scientology Moss aspect, yeah. <laughs> no, her religious beliefs. Let's not get into that. No, I really like her. I mean, I was a big Mad Men fan, and she's fantastic on that. And um, I love her in like Alex Ross Perry's films, uh, Queen of Earth, Her Smell, acting tour de force that she does in that one shot of Listen Up, Philip, like oh, the most yeah, showy moment. Right? Yeah. Um, but I actually have not seen this film yet. I hear great things. Uh, I love Shirley Jackson, so I'm excited to check it out. And Josephine... Did, oh, I was going to say, did you see Madeline's Madeline? I did. I wasn't quite as crazy about it as everybody else was, but I thought it was really energetic and just, like, really different. Uh, I like some of her earlier films, too. She made one with uh, Joe Swanberg years back called uh, Thou... I'm gonna, I can't remember exactly the title. Thou Wast Lovely and Mild or something like that. She kind of was like part of the mumblecore-esque movement, but with like a bit more of a super nat, like kind of a fantasy kind of edge to it. Um, but Where is Joe Swanberg these days? Is he just trapped know. on TV Island? I mean, yeah, he was doing that Netflix show, right, for a while. Love, and right? Then, he was directing most of it. Yeah. Or was it Easy? I think it was Easy was the one he oh, did. Oh, well, he yeah. directed a lot of episodes oh, of Love as Love? well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I don't know where he is film-wise, though. Yeah, I haven't heard much from Probably. him lately. On a pile of giant money surrounded by beautiful women. Yeah, right. I used to follow him on Instagram, I think it was. And and it was in the lead up to the 2016 elections. He was a huge Bernie Sanders supporter and he was posting a lot about that. But then like right after that election, he just like deleted his so like he has no more Instagram anymore. Like he just got rid of it all. So I don't know what he just like. I vividly remember him trying to start a Patreon before any of it thing like that existed, where he's like, give me an amount of money every year and I will give you three movies. Yeah, I love how he was so committed to that for a while. Um, And I mean, obviously. Yeah, but then money and television. (laughs) Yeah, and then he got that Netflix thing. But, you know, he was committed to that, like making a film a month or film every two months or something for a while. A film a month. I know. Well, Factory 25 put together a really nice box set of his like. Like stuff he was doing in that period. Um, oh, did they? Yeah, they did. I would did. like to check that out. Yeah, I'd really like to get it. You can only get it direct from them. I don't even know if they still manufacture it anymore, but it was all those films that he was making like when he was doing that thing where he would just make Silver a film. Silver Bullets. Every- yeah, it was all those basically. Yeah. So not- Hannah takes this. I actually really like Hannah takes the stairs. Me too, me too. Yeah, I was really, I mean, as, you know, filmmakers ourselves, you know, I was just found him really inspirational. He was kind of like how a Richard Linklater was to me growing up, but like in a different phase. I wish phase, to one you know? day sell out like Joe Swanberg. Oh man, I wish I could take that <laughs> Netflix paycheck. Jeez, give it to me. And uh, yeah, I actually did an episode on Mumblecore. So if people want to know more about it, check it out on Important Cinema Club. I think it's called Mumblecore was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, nice. I was, yeah, I was really into Mumblecore for a while there. Were as you? we all were. As we, yeah, uh, I, was I, really... I was definitely not into no? it at the time. No, I was no, very not. into it at the time. I, I like, thought it was like wet fart i'm like no thank you how about you make an effort kind of stuff i was like oh this is so raw and real like this is the real shit right here Uh, i was more like uh, a certain critic who shall not be named who was like yeah if you just film yourself eating chinese food like that's it's not a movie and they're like yeah but it is it's real life man That critic would later uh, be boxed by Joe Swanberg in the ring. <laughs> right. Uh, we also have The High Note, which is a Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross movie where I feel like it's like Dakota Johnson is in a dump and she's a record um, producer yeah. and she helps, you know, 
this person make a good Something record. Like I don't know. That. I hear it's very I don't know. lame. It's from the director and... of Late Night, that Emma Thompson uh, movie from last year, I guess. Uh, and I think this one was one of those casualties of the coronavirus yeah, it thing. Where it was like release. supposed to come out in theaters. Yeah. And then they just like dumped it to VOD. And I don't know if anybody really cared or talked about it that much, but it's here now. And we also have How to Build a Girl, uh, a film starring Beanie Feldstein. We know you're Jonah Hill's sister. You can't make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've actually seen any of the movies she's been in. I know she's like a big deal now, but uh, she was in Booksmart, right? Yeah, she's in Booksmart. Booksmart is great. Did you not watch it? Because you're too much of a man. I did not. Martin. I know. I'm sorry. I'm too much of a you man. You were on the internet. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> we don't need movies like Booksmart and Birds well, of Prey. Know, though, you know how I feel about coming-of-age movies. We went through this last week. Why don't you like coming-of-age movies? I don't know. Aren't it's just the same, coming it's of just age the same plot. I guess so. I guess they're coming-of-age in, like, your 20s kind of movies, yeah. I guess just, like, teen coming-of-age movies. Just I don't know. They just don't do anything for me. Mm. And this one I hear is not very good. It's like a, a biopic about, like, a rock critic, kind of like an almost famous right. thing. I feel like there was a lot of hype around this when it was playing festivals, but then it just kind of came But no, went. I remember when it played at TIFF, people were like, eh, this is not good. We don't like this. But you know what? I could be wrong. That I didn't up? see it. I'm, you know, giving it a critical <laughs> yeah, reaction uh, without having actually you. experienced it. So, I mean, the next one, I feel like I can probably judge it just by looking at the title. Yeah, and, uh, you sure? Because that's a movie called Sweetness in the Belly, starring Dakota Fanning. Look at the cover of this movie and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And she plays like an English child abandoned in Africa who's forced to free flee, flee right yeah at Ethiopia and there she befriends an Ethiopian Ethiopian refugee when she's fleeing back to England. I don't know. This is actually a Canadian co-production. It looks like it one when so you look at the cover. There's a like, lot of te- mm-hmm. yeah. There's telefilm money in this, so I don't know. I mean, this was like. I mean, this it might as well just be called, like, White Savior. It looks like the movie. It's that typical CanCon movie that has nothing to do with Canada, too. And we also have Lucky Grandma being released. This one looks like fun. I remember reading about it when coronavirus was hitting. It was playing in a few cinemas. About a Chinese grandma who goes too deep into gambling debt. Yeah, and has to I get her way this, out but I've it. been hearing raves about it. It's kind of like one of those indie breakout comedies of the year. We also have Soulmate, released by Cheng Cheng, which I think we mentioned before. They, like, release indie Taiwanese and Chinese movies now. Yeah, they're they're a new company that have just come out. Start. They released the Great Buddha Plus uh, a few weeks ago, which we talked about, and they've got some more releases coming up soon, which look interesting. This one is kind of like a low key um, dramedy from uh, about four years ago now, so it's a little older. But uh, yeah, just about two women who have been close friends since adolescence, and you know they're growing up, and you know things change, and all, all that, that good, good stuff. stuff. Coming of age. I'm adding this to the list officially of genre that mark does not like yes yeah add it to the list all the fans know westerns musicals now coming of age westerns musicals coming of age most tv series most tv (laughs) series unless it's reality tv uh we have also les miserables being released this is the uh one that was a big oscar push man it took a long time to come out yeah it did well the thing with this is um it's owned by amazon in the u.s so i don't know what's i feel like maybe there'll be a criterion release coming because uh, they had portrait of a lady yeah, on fire yeah, yeah. did you see this it? is actually a, i did i loved this film this was actually one of my favorite films of last year it just was so raw and raw and real you know i don't know it just really like hits you it's just in your face it gives me a lot of the same vibes as something like do the right thing did actually in terms of just the way how 
racism is ever present in especially modern urban societies and how there's really no resolution to it. It's just like people like this is just the way it is. People are racist and it's just like nobody can like get out of this like, you know, spiral of racism really. Um, really well really well done though um it's awesome yeah the director uh Lottie lee i'm definitely gonna mangle that name i think it's his first film but like what a debut film honestly it's fantastic but um yeah this is actually a canada only release done by tva which is so you're not gonna find this in like the u.s or anything unless you import it from here so i don't know yeah it's like if you haven't seen it definitely check it out it's worth a rental but I could see Criterion or a company like that putting this out at some point. So it's not Blu-ray either. It's just DVD. So I don't know. Maybe say if you really like this film, maybe save your money and there'll be a this better release This sounds like a DVD that was made only to exist on library shelves. Yeah, it's a perfunctory release because the Canada rights holders are between this company TVA and Level Film, which operate in Canada. So I guess they just had the rights to put it out themselves. But there's no features on this. There's nothing like that. It's just we also a... have The Blacklist Season 7. I can't believe the show has lasted for seven seasons. And James Spader just gets like fatter and balder <laughs> with every season, honestly. <laughs> I remember he seeing a clip so of this on TV. He bald in the first season, All which is the only time sit, I've ever seen. He just sits in a chair and, like, scowls at people the entire time and is, like, fedora. Did you hear what happened, like, that they couldn't finish the final episode, so they animated it? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I guess it's this season, probably. Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure people will eat it up. People love this show, man. Do they? This is definitely well, on, like, your mom's mostly. favorite show yeah, or dad's favorite show, show as well. Sure. Yeah. No, let me be more specific. It's your, like, uncle and aunt's favorite show. Yeah. That when you see them, they're like, have you been watching The Blacklist? You're like, no. No, never. I've seen, like, half of an episode once. Uh, I guess same thing with Narcos, Mexico. Yeah, so this conti- so obviously Narcos was hugely popular before, and there were three seasons of that. Now there's a spinoff Narcos, which is Narcos, Mexico, with Michael Pena and Diego Luna. Um, I don't know. People really, I've never seen the show. People really love it, though. And yeah. I don't like kind of like true crime, fictionalized stuff. It's just, yeah. eh. I know. It's like a Netflix. It's a Netflix production. So, I mean, take that as you will. Like that and like Bloodlines and Ozark. Like they all kind of like blur in my mind. Yeah, they just seem too polished to me, you know. I want them to be more pulpy, more fun. <laughs> like even something like Breaking Bad. I think people forget at like the big moments were big. Like, yeah. And you got that hammy ride, right? um, performance from, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, well, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. That's yeah, what I was like. Yeah. Brian O'Halloran, the star yeah, of Clarence yeah, and yeah, Brutal Comedy. Brian O'Halloran and uh, Breaking Bad <laughs> in a different world. Say my name. I'm not <laughs> supposed to be here today. Yeah. <laughs> we also have Letterkenny season eight. As a Canadian, have you watched the show, Mark? No. I just, this does not look interesting. People, again, people love this show, but is, I don't know. Is it funny? It just looks obnoxious to me. My but... partner, Emily, has watched it like religiously. She loves it. And I've walked by and when I sat down and watched like three minutes, it's very funny and it's just like joke 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 and like the same kind of structure but with letter kenny yeah the only thing whenever i hear about it or see it i just think that the one of the lead guys is the guy who played don cherry in like three cbc tv movies <laughs> <laughs> he, he did, did. right <laughs> they made like three of those movies about don cherry or maybe two two or three I don't so know. we also have final space being released by warner archives it was an animated show it played on tbs i think i've seen this and i love it so good 
It, uh, I think it's like an internet guy who's more famous for YouTube videos. He's like the showrunner. He does like the main voice. And he's like the ma- a main writer. What's great about it is it's one of those like silly shows that you could almost think, oh, I get it. It's kind of like Family Guy or whatever. But they go in for those emotional punchlines, like tears coming to your eyes, even though the show is as silly as it is. Yeah. Very much enjoy it. It's like a big epic space opera thing. But like it can be very silly, but then it can like hone in on, oh, well, we're going to be serious in these like specific moments. The first episode is probably the most trying one, even though it has a really funny high concept, which is he's like trapped in a jail for like seven years in space with only like an AI to like keep him company. It was like really annoying. So yeah, I would recommend people checking out. I'm surprised that Warner Archives is handling it, but I think they have like a weird deal with some channels. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure why this isn't just a regular Warner release. Mm. We also have um, Max Reload and the Nether Blasters being released by MVD. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not yeah. for me. <laughs> uh, no, I know. This Kevin is Smith like, does well, the this cameo. Has the usual suspects like Kevin. Yeah, Will Wheaton's in there. You know, people love him. Uh, Greg Grunberg's in there. Lynn Shay. You know, I don't know. It's one of these like video game nerd kind of movies that I don't know. I I don't even know where this played. I feel like it just came out to DVD. Do people still love Will Wheaton? I mean, people love him for what? Star Trek, I guess. Yeah, and, like, and he was kind of like an internet nerd, right? He was friends with Chris Hardwick. I always thought he was fine. I don't know. I he seems remember. nice. I think he like retired from Twitter and social media after a while because he's like, no more of this. He did, right? Yeah, I think yeah, MVD. This is like they're distributing it for the first time. They are. Yeah, it's kind of like an exclusive for them. Good on them, I guess. Good on them. Yeah, you know, it's not for me. Maybe it's for somebody else. Yeah. I, you know, we've sold a few, so. Oh, have you? Well, that's good then. Wait, it's not part of their rewind collection, is it? Oh, no. Am I going to no, have to buy it? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I know. I know. You're, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> uh, so we also have Archive that's being released. Oh, man. I This is a another 2020 film. I read the synopsis movie. and I'm like, yeah. oh, another sci-fi yeah. movie. Made by a special effects guy, too. No. <laughs> which I feel like. All these movies are made by special effects guys. I don't know. It's like got Theo James in it, Stacey Martin. I don't know. It's like a typical indie. It looks like an X Machina kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it looks like an X Machina ripoff. On a lower budget. Yeah. You got to give it a cool title like Maximum Archive or something. Like <laughs> Maximum that. Archive. Yeah, that would sell. I would definitely watch it. Uh, we also have Spacious earth which is a documentary about Polly shore's biodome <laughs> i wish uh it is not but it looks cool though apparently this is a pretty good documentary it's from I mean, uh, it is based on the thing that uh biodome ripped off or it is, was right? inspired by yeah it's like a biosphere that they tried to create i was not aware of it happening in the 90s so i didn't see it in the news or anything like that yeah, I've heard really good things about this. The director is Matt Wolf, who made a documentary called Teenage a few years back, which people really liked. Um, but yeah, I know. I've been hearing good things. Uh, we also have the PBS documentary on Mae West, Dirty Blonde. Mae West is an actor. I don't think I've ever seen any of her I movies. I don't know if I have either, honestly, shamefully. Um, but yeah, she is obviously a legend. And apparently, I mean, according to the the back the packaging for this there hasn't been another documentary that's really gone into may west like this so I don't it know. feels like something that was really of its time like a double yeah. entendres and a comedy and that it like i can't even think of one title that's like the classic either yeah i don't know i mean i'm just looking at her imdb page like the ones they bring up that she's most known for is like i'm no angel she done him wrong i recognize those titles but you never hear anybody talk no, about me them either I guess she only she actually only has 13 acting credits altogether. 
I think she was mostly known as like a stage actor. Yeah, and her she double was, right? entendres she did, and Yeah. So she did a bunch in the thirties and like early forties and then nothing until like Myra Breckenridge and Sextet, the notorious Sextet in the 70s. So we also have two Shutter releases, which are just like the movie only, no special features, uh, put out by RLGE. I can definitely recommend the first one, Reboard, which stars my man Tak Sakaguchi from Versus. Cool. And it was yeah, directed like a lot of fun. by the action choreographer of Versus, Yuji Shimomura. So yeah, I can get behind it. This was like an indie film they made like by themselves that they self-funded in an attempt to like, you know, um, get something off the ground. It feels like they didn't quite get anything off the ground considering that like it was picked up by Shudder, but the film is super fun. And uh, I was watching this new Blu-ray and it, I was like, oh, this is flowing much better than I remember. And it's because I watched like a rough cut that somebody had submitted to so uh, like two hours long. And yeah. this one was like a hundred, uh, uh, yeah, a hundred minutes long. So it's like, oh, this feels so much faster paced than the other version I watched. <laughs> nice. It has a 50 minute action climax. So, uh, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it looks really badass. And we also have The Wretched. This was uh, a notable film from IFC because it played a bunch of drive-ins. So it was at like number one at the box office. Yeah, I think it was like the big hit of the summer, was it not? <laughs> it made like $200,000 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I heard decent things about this. Yeah, that that's all I got though. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard, you know, it, it's gotten pretty like better reviews than a lot of these kind of like indie horror movies get, but... I think it really just was like a bigger deal because it was like the only new movie out at that point. Did you hear about the uh, two filmmakers who rented out a cinema? Yeah, and I did. They and they played a short film and they movie. bought every yeah. ticket. And they like lost. <laughs> I read that whole article. They lost like they spent so much of their own money. They didn't make any money on it or anything. But they just like wanted to have that like number one at the box office. Kind How of thing. could they have lost that much money? Because you rent it and if people know, are buying yeah. tickets doesn't just go directly to the person renting the cinema i guess you would just go back to you right but i don't know they were talking about how much money they spent and like lost on it's it. not worth wow. it for your short wow. film cool. dreams dreams yeah and i mean when you tell that story you're like i did it i mean it's not really official but i i did it no sure yeah you're like oh when did you do it oh during the pandemic 2020 did you have anything better to do <laughs> We also have Valley of the Gods. Uh, a wealthy eccentric enters into a complicated relationship with his would-be biographer. All I know is this stars Josh Hartnett and John Malkovich. Yeah, well, this is a weird one, honestly. I, I watched this film because you would think it's just some, like, bizarre straight-to-DVD movie, but it's actually from director um, Lech Majewski. I'm definitely going to mispronounce that. He's a Polish director who's probably best known for a movie called uh, The Mill and the Cross, which he did with Rucker Hauer and Charlotte Rampling about a decade ago, where it was all, like, a moving painting, sort of. Um, but he makes really weird experimental movies. He did a movie in the 90s with Viggo Mortensen called Gospel According to Harry, where it takes place on like a on a on like a house set that's been constructed almost like Dogville style in the desert. And it plays out this like weird husband and wife scenario thing. So he's like a really bizarre experimental filmmaker. And this movie is like pretty neat. Actually, I have to say I was kind of impressed by it. It definitely meanders a lot, but it's kind of like. It almost has like a Kubrickian sense of ambition with like it's based on like a Navajo myth. So there's a lot a third of it takes place with like Navajo actors 
and their kind of customs. And then a third of it's like with Josh Hartnett as a writer who's like breaking up with his wife and he's trying to like write something but he's like in the desert and there's these like fantasy sequences where he's like in the desert writing this biography of this like rich guy played by John Malkovich who and then it has these sci-fi sequences I don't really want to say too much because it kind of we kind of spoil it but if you kind of just go into this one with an open mind I think you might be kind of impressed it's actually really well done and like has this really almost I don't want to say it's like 2001 a space odyssey but it definitely has uh, at a level of ambition to that and it actually stars Keir delay too in a like a supporting role who apparently was quoted there's like a special feature on this with the actors just like a making of and he talks about it's like the most thrilling film experience he's had since working with stanley kubrick on 2001 so <laughs> so i mean take that for what you will but honestly i i don't know this was like a really nice surprise for a movie that like i i know the director but i had no idea he was even working on a new movie and this only hasn't really played anywhere like festivals or anything so it's gone really they have the an anti-josh hartnett policy yeah i know i think people just see josh hartnett and they're like ah what? some directed did he get some cred because he was in that like penny dreadful series that everybody liked yeah, people love that. I thought he was kind of back after that, but then you, we then we get all these like straight to VOD DVD movies that he's in that all look like crap. But I don't know. Yeah, he's not. I've never really had a problem with him, and he's fine in this. Um, he's got like the least showiest role in it. He's kind of the straight man, whereas John Malkovich goes obviously more over the top with his role. But um, yeah, I don't know. I would say I would recommend this one, especially if you're into like if you're into something different and you want something that's just gonna like mess with your mind a little bit go for it oh well now even i want to check it out yeah i would say definitely check it out all right so that's it for us this week uh no news same old same old same old we're still doing 10 to 8 um at the store uh mondays to saturdays so come on make sure to uh write us a review on itunes apple Podcasts. i don't think we have quite enough yet we need more more yes please write more tell us how much you love us we haven't got any sponsorship from any blu-ray company who will be the first to slide into our menchies and be like like, hey, no. uh, we'll send Key you free no. stuff to talk about it more. I'll be like, oh yeah, please. <laughs> Keno. Please, Kino. Please send us send us Vinegar free stuff. Syndrome. Send me a free you know, I don't want to pick and choose. Only one person can be first, but they can be all our but, children. Yeah, they can all sponsor us. Every label out there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's it for us until next episode. My name's Justin the Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. And keep on renting. Woo! <laughs> These movies and many more are available at your local video store.